obviously I the idea of being severed makes me sad because then you know I wouldn't have the relationship I have with you guys outside of work <laughs> Aww. thank you for taking the welcome survey I can sense that the questions made you feel afraid or disoriented well, the good news is you're at an orientation you see you have been hired to a position on the severed floor of Lumen Industries what for? All right, welcome coworkers uh, that have have maybe have or have not been severed. I'm Jackie Andy. I'm joined with Corey, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Brandon. We are you don't know Jackie View, and we're um, just checked out the show Severance. Um, if you are hearing us for the first time, we are actually coworkers. <laughs> that fortunately have not been severed and we have done a couple podcasts together squid game podcast yellow jackets podcast uh well we also you know so we're doing you don't know jackie view uh you'll see some other stuff like single drunk female different things on there um anyone wants to support the show we do have a patreon so i like to say that at, at the top here it's uh patreon.com slash you don't know jackie one dollar and two dollar tiers but the, uh, the first three episodes of Severance came out and we all checked it out, really like it. Obviously, we do uh, work together, so uh, it's a little bit, you know, definitely interesting. Uh, Corey right now has, like, put up a review of <laughs> Severance or something on my screen. I don't know. The critics are loving Apple TV Plus bonkers workplace thriller. What am I supposed to do with this, Corey? Nothing. I was just saying that, you know, people are really enjoying it. Oh, okay, good. But yeah, uh, so I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I don't know if anyone, you know, uh, Jackie, Rachel, did you have any comments to say right off the bat? I, I will also say, since I brought up the Patreon, one of our, our patron, uh, James L, did, um, all, you know, also uh, gave the show to us as a recommendation. Well, I guess, looking just out. firstly, I, I love the cast. Um, I like Adam Scott. Um, I, my favorite actress is Patricia Arquette. Huge Christopher Walken fan. That was a pleasant surprise seeing him. So I, I already like the people I'm seeing on the screen. Um, I love the intro. I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, the, the credit opening? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's definitely an interesting idea. Um, I, I guess we're still not really sure why, like, why they're offering this procedure, um, why they need to split their work life from their, their Audi life. Um, but we also know that uh, Mark, I guess I would say who's the main character, he went through, you know, something like trauma. He has a lot of grief and so he wanted to be able to forget about that disconnect from the outside world. Um, and he gets to do that eight hours a day. Yeah. So if we talk about the general premise, like, so the, yeah, the first three episodes, you have, uh, you know, good news about hell episode one, half loop episode two and in perpetuity is episode three. Yeah, and that's basically the, the premise of the show is to split between your home life and your work life. So you have no memory outside of either uh if you're at home you don't know anything about work and if you're at work you don't know anything about home uh it's definitely like it seems drastic but like jackie rachel just said um 
it seems like in the case of Mark, you would do it because he had this uh, trauma. We find out about his that his wife had passed away. We meet like so the the episode, uh, you know, things we see right like they have this whole uh, orientation they go through that like you kind of in this padded conference room with character Helly wakes up, has the voice, which is actually Mark through the speaker saying like, oh, answer these questions. And it, the questions were interesting because I guess they're showing like that you don't have, like you still have the memory of knowing things like name a state, right? For example, but any memory that would be considered a home memory, knowing your mother's eye color. No, and I'm wondering, because one of the questions was about what's Mr. Egan's breakfast order. I was thinking that was something they got told right before the procedure to remember. So that if you didn't remember it, maybe it was some kind of like clue that like of how, where your memory got severed or something. I don't know what anybody, what anybody else thought. That's interesting. I mean, that's, maybe that's, the very last thing that they were told before the procedure and to see if the procedure actually uh, was successful, like your newest memory is something you mostly wouldn't forget. So I think that's- Right, be- yeah, because I was thinking, what, what, why is that a question, right? Yeah, uh, so just quickly, I just wanted to say, I really enjoyed uh, the first three episodes. I think this is a really new and fresh and interesting you know, concept. I'm sure it's mostly been done before but I haven't seen anything like this particular idea. And one of the things that we have discussed on some of the other shows that we uh, have covered on the feed is the Ron Tomato score compared to the um, regular people, like uh-huh. average tomato score versus average audience score. And there's usually been like a pretty big divide of like, I think like single drunk female was at like, 87 or 89 percent and but with audiences it was like 75 or something and this show the that's a big uh, divide well compared to what we got here just like make it go over make it over faster brandon (laughs) no what you're bringing up people are liking the show average tomato meter score 97 percent average audience score 90 percent yeah so far people are liking it i like it so i mean i'm a big fan of the shows on HBO and I always forget that it's actually on Apple TV plus because it reminds me so much of an HBO show which to me is uh, you know a good thing because I think they have a lot of great programming yeah so. and I do think this is and one of the other shows that we've spoken about on the feed is the after party which has one more episode and we'll hopefully be able to do a you know a season review on that in the next couple of weeks is the idea that I think this and a show like Ted Lasso are the shows that Apple TV should be highlighting on the different, so so different, but this uh, network or, you know, uh, service can go and provide such interesting and diverse type of material, you know, of the just the laughs compared to the seriousness, what's going on with Severance. So I, th- I really think they've done a good job of trying to go and brand Apple TV as more than just the show that you go to watch for Ted Lasso. Yeah, I agree with you, Corey. If this one doesn't, this one doesn't lure people. I I don't know what Apple TV is going to do. It's it's um it's just such a great, weird, interesting concept. Love the execution, and yeah, I thought the first three episodes were very solid. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I was wrong. Single drunk female is 100% from uh, the critics and 85% from from audiences. There's a 15% gap. Man, what a wow. 
I'm sorry. I'm just trying to help the. Please excuse Corey for. <laughs> I'm very sad that I can't. I'll say, uh, yeah, similar to like people brought up, like it is kind of like this Black Mirror meets Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Um, and I do like both of those. Uh, okay, things. so so okay because I. Jack, when you and I spoke about Eternal Sunshine, I was just, when I read the comps, I was reading about the show before I watched it, and then I watched, I'm saying to myself, what have I seen that's like this? Eternal Sunshine um, originally came to mind, but I, I, I haven't really seen much Black Mirror. So have you? Guys? Yeah, all of it, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the show yet, but I hear it's very good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty disturbing. Like, <laughs> I have to be in the right headspace to watch it. Same thing with um, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind like even just thinking about erasing memories even like painful ones some for some reason like really gets me like it gets me choked up just like thinking about it I don't know. yeah what a movie though oh yeah um but, uh yeah so we have this mark scout mark s everyone goes by uh, also only like an initial right for the for the last name uh, you know, you can see he's apparent, according to Jackie Rachel, ugly crying in the car before he goes into work. <laughs> um, he goes to the severed access floor. He, he has to change out his watch, his badge, his phone. He like leaves in a locker. I think it's funny that everything has this like retro style. So it's like, is it like his watch has to match the style of the office kind of? Like, I, I don't know. Or they think some hidden messages in the watch, obviously. I mean, they're very worried about messages being sent to from... They call them innies and outies. If you're in work, it's your innie, and outside work, it's called your outie. I think you know, someone's yeah. got an obsession with the belly buttons. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I just couldn't stop thinking about belly buttons. I was like, that's just very It's odd. one of those things, then you get used to it. Because at first, yeah, when they tell definitely. her an outie, she's like, outie, what? But then it just becomes <laughs> like, my outie wouldn't do that. I think uh, you see him go in the elevator and almost like his, he, like a whole like look comes over his face and the music changes you know, you can see that brain switch over. Uh, he, he even looks in his pocket and sees a tissue and he's kind of like confused by it, which obviously we just know he was just crying. So uh, you know, it's just, it, I, you know, it's so interesting, right? To have that totally flip, you know, you can see where there's times where you want to like, I need to block out a memory, but you don't want to have it be blocked out where you can't access it at all. You know, you want to be able to distract yourself where you're not thinking about it, but this is definitely taking it to the extreme. You know, things we find out about Pete, they say Petey's out. Now, Petey becomes this whole character. Petey was his uh, best friend at work. And in general, I think it's funny because we do meet Petey later. He had came out, had some kind of reintegration, uh, you know, where he's trying to get rid of the, he doesn't want to be severed anymore. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know what any does anyone have thoughts on pd all, all of this like pd's trying obviously to you know persuade mark to say hey you know i'm trying to see there's this map trying to figure out what they're doing maybe you know try to convince mark even to follow him well yes. i will say that um as soon as we hear about pd and that he uh you see mark's like visibly upset you know I just knew that PD was gonna come to him in real life, or I'm sorry, Audi life, <laughs> and um, was going life. was going to. Um, I I didn't know it would be called reintegrated, but I thought that he something happened where the severance he was able to like overcome it. So when um, Corey you know, probably more, knew too. 
so in Mark for the sisters, you know, he's obviously been drinking as we learn. He like, I really drinks himself to sleep every night. Um, he, you know, you can't tell us he's having a nightmare. He sees something out in the driveway and I'm like, it's, it's gotta be Petey. And mm. which we find out it is. So in that sense, I, I did find some predictability, but it didn't make it less like fun and engaging to watch. I, I think it's, it's awesome. What? And it's awesome. Sorry. Well, Brandon. No, no, I'm sorry. Finish. Oh no. Just um, that it's, it's really kind of heartbreaking what then happens to Petey, like what we see him going through. Yeah, and it's interesting when, I don't know, because they would have remembered, I guess, he wasn't there for a day, because it's interesting when Mark is out for a day, it's almost like he didn't realize he was out, because the way your memory works, it's like you were just there, like, you don't, it's like you never leave, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it really is like, you're just one place, and then the hour, the eight hours of work, just, it's like, it's nothing, and you're home already. Um, The other people there, we have Dylan, who's very, uh, you know, definitely like some comic relief. He's also always like very hardworking, like worried about his achievements, things like that. You get Irv, the old school guy. I love Irv. I was going to start off by saying, I love hi, Irv kids, too. what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Irv played by, the, played by the great John Turturro. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm very interested in his character. Like, you know, there's one point where he sees he has like dirt in his fingernails what what where is that from like what are these other people's Audis doing we don't know because we've only really seen mark um obviously brought up heli comes in new uh as a new hire there's also the upper staff uh mrs cobell there's mr milchek um brainer that uh the other uh very creepy looking guy so yeah you have all these people that are kind of managing over them and it's all very mysterious they're doing this macro data refinement i mean i don't know what anybody Wait, thinks. you think that christopher walken's character is creepy it's christopher no walken. no oh, Gra- grainer uh christopher Who's grainer? uh the creepy guy <laughs> the guy that's like uh, he looks like an fbi agent when heli okay he, he's like yeah, come yeah. with me yeah heli okay, R. yeah, yeah. And Petey brings up, because we don't learn who Grainer is in the first episode. I think it's maybe the second episode, or I don't know. I have to look, because, yeah, obviously we oh. saw these three episodes. But they Petey brings up that, yeah, I think, like, Grainer's probably, I hope, like, Grainer's probably looking for me. Like, who's that? We hate him, is what he said. We both hate him. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I guess Grainer definitely plays the heavy. Uh, what, another- what's the name of the funny character with the glasses? Dylan? Refresh my memory. D- yeah, I, I found it funny he's how much he's played by Zach Cherry. Yes, yeah, he's been I, in a, a number of I things. I really like uh, him. He's, yeah, and he's yeah, he's he's always good. I part so I like their whole Irv and him have this whole interaction. Um, yeah. You know, because he's very incentivized. He wants finger traps, erasers, waffle parties. You get like a waffle party. And Irv's like, yeah, in the old days, you know, there was creamer. I can't believe they incentivized creamer. And he's like, oh, just, I can't believe like, a, you know, a hard work's day gets you a child's breakfast. Like, he's so like, he's like, can't believe he's even, oh, like that, that Dylan's so obsessed with these waffle parties and different things. Um, the obviously, like we said, the Mrs. Colbell played by Patricia Arquette. I know you have brought up Patricia Arquette. 
she has a uh, Mark comes to her her new office, and she's like, "Okay, Petey's no longer with the company." The Milchek is saying that, "Oh, you know, I'm really sorry. You guys were one of my favorite office friendships." It's like Truman Show, like they're watching them or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I thought a Truman Show, and uh, we can't say anymore. It would be an assault on his privacy. So that, you know, like, okay, they have no answers about, you know what happened to Petey, but Mark basically gets to move to department chief, which was Petey's position. He gets a new card that looks like pretty much the same. Like I was trying to be like, is it a different color slightly? Is it smaller? Is it anything? Like, I, I don't know. And he's like, you you know, now you're going to serve Kier, which is Kier Egan, who started this whole uh, thing. The Egan family started this company back in like 1865 or whatever. That's not at all creepy. <laughs> well, the fact that he's sir. Well, how about when she's like, um, a handshake's available upon request. Okay, can I have a handshake then? And it's almost like she's like, okay, sure, great. I was hoping it w- I wouldn't have to give you a handshake. But, and then he gets to run a training, which is we see what happened at the beginning of the episode where he introduces Ellie into the office, asking her the questions. They do bring up this Carol character, Carol D, I think her name is a couple times in the episode as someone who actually left, whose Audi recorded a, a message for them. So it wasn't as drastic as when Petey left. Um, but one thing I, I find uh, too, is that the Mrs. Cobell and uh, Milchek and everything, they speak to them like they're children. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, or even, I don't know if we see, we go to when Helly wakes up on the table, uh, we see that Milchek and Kobel are watching this whole thing. And, you know, Mark's kind of struggling. Obviously, this is his first training, but Milchek's like, should I go and help? No, nope, don't help anything. Uh, she got a perfect score on the test, not knowing anything except that a state <laughs> a state name. And Helly's asking, like, am I livestock? What's happening? Uh, he thinks of obviously like, yeah, yeah, you're we made a whole human like with a you know <laughs> sentient being and your livestock. Uh, I think it's funny he's doing reading one of these scripts like you would get with the telemarketer, right? Like, okay, but you can see it. Oh, you responded like that. Okay, hold on, let me flip through. What what's the right response for this? The, does anyone? Something yeah, I mean that is interesting to me is especially with Helly is is how different like her Audi seems to be than her innie and and how their personalities are changing just because they got severed. Well, you know, like she yeah, doesn't want to be seen there. a snippet of her Audi. I mean, I mean we and the other people, maybe they were all like that when they started. Even like her, the, their voices are all a little bit different on the inside and outside. Um, but she's she seems very defiant in there. She doesn't want to be there. She's got the, you know, she's kind of got like a, a bit of an aggressive attitude. She doesn't want to get yeah. to know any of them. She doesn't want to fit in. And but like her, her Audi was so quick to deny her resignation. Yeah. Well, we don't. That's the thing. The backstory on these other characters. What is it? Mm-hmm. Something I find interesting is: Do you, at least when watching this for the first time, do you believe the fact that the Audis, as we call them, actually are being told that their innies want to like resign, or is this just? that's being done to placate the you know the I, I think um well listen like in the case of mark mark would say over and over again so far maybe he'll you know is going to be changing 
but it, it seems like Mark's like, there's this whole mind collective thing. There's obviously PD that's suggesting reintegration and everything. And Mark likes it. Mark would sign up again. Mark says it's helping him. Right. Yeah. Right. So it is possible that they would have been told like, here's this request. They also probably get told like, this is common. It's a, you know, there is an adjustment period for, you know, you're in need to get used to it and this and that. I mean, that it, it begs the question, like how much do you care about your other self or something? Right. Cause you're only, you only know your Audi self, I guess at that point. Sure. I mean, you're like, I just got off of going to work. <laughs> but work? if I went into this, like, I, I wouldn't think that you kind of get like this different personality in there. I, I wouldn't, know. I wouldn't suspect that. I think it's just me, but like having no memory of my outside mm. life, I would think I would be the same in there, but it, it, there's like, it's obvious that they're not. I mean, especially with, um, well, if you don't have a memory, if, if Mark, like if Mark's different, if he's depressed on the, uh, as an Audi, he's not depressed as an innie because he doesn't know have. Yeah. They don't know if they have a family, if they have that, like they're so, you know what I mean? Like all those mm-hmm. things have been blocked out. I mean, you know, I think that a lot of times people, I'm not saying I do, but a lot of times I think people in order to go and deal with their normal nine to five job, put on, sometimes put on uh, some sort of a front or a different personality and, or that they don't want people to actually on the people they don't talk to on the, when they're not at work, mm-hmm. sometimes it's almost, you know, it could be like a guarded thing where you don't let people really know much about yourself. Like, I think, you know, like we sometimes joke about on the podcast with Brandon, things are too personal. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people, when it comes to work, only tell a small percentage of their day-to-day life outside of work to their fellow employees. They, there's, there is a barrier. So I think that's one of the interesting things here. Yeah, open up to us, Corey. Come on. I believe I have. <laughs> I do think that's a thing there. You know, where it, you- it's interesting because someone brought up like later when Mark's on a date, like, yeah, if what if you have you start a whole office romance or relationship? Like you're in two <laughs> relationships and you don't yeah. even know it. Or how much you are like, like you could have a girlfriend in there. Yeah. Or like like the fact, like you said, like we met each other at work. And if we we wouldn't have a relationship on the outside of work, it's like sad to think about. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, want I, that. I think it could be I could be very very possibly that because you do see for that you see that one moment of interaction between Helly and Mark on the outside that, you know, you could, in theory, you could have them in a relationship on the outside and a relationship on the inside. I know the the total dynamic of how they interact in one type of situation. And, you know, how are they really compatible or how, you know, things could work out? I mean, that's, I I was thinking exactly that actually, Corey, I was thinking like, even where, like them being such good friends, like, oh, like you're, we're these great friends. We get along. It would be funny if they met on the outside by happenstance and like, didn't get along or did, you know, would it change? What were you going to say, Brandon? That you think that you two think the Mark and Helly characters are going to get together. And I did, well, I was, I was just saying people in general, but I was even saying with Petey, with someone they have a close friendship with in one part of your, you know, being or whatever, that would you always connect with them? Like how different? Yeah, like, we'll just I look guess... at the um, look at the interesting development with the uh, Patricia Arquette character, which I actually thought was was kind of predictable, but I didn't think it 
hurt the show or anything. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was yeah. a really. I mean, I went and was watching the show with someone else the initial time, and what the second I heard Mr. without Trump, us. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I was happy for a moment, um, <laughs> until, until you blew that up. But um, I, I do think the that reveal the second you hear Patricia Arquette's voice when she's playing the neighbor, it all clicked oh, in for me. Uh, you know that you know she they're they're spying on these people and everything else. Yeah. And I thought that yeah, is it a little bit an obvious reveal when you have some like Patricia Arquette that she's gonna have a bigger role on the show? But I thought that was really done well. And for some people. You recognize her voice in once you know right away, and others that still is gonna be a big reveal when you actually see her come out. So I mean, look, that was done pretty well. Yeah, I do have a question, like because obviously we're saying, yeah, um, you know, she's the neighbor. I find it interesting she's his neighbor specifically. Like, what is it about him that's like, you know, is she like does she go around like following the other people? But obviously, he knows her. Like, it's not like he. I don't know. And she even references that she has a shop. I was like, what if one day he went to her shop? Is she supposed to be there? How is this? Old I was thinking that it was just kind of like a coincidence because that's that subsidized housing, housing for employees. I also think and... she could get better housing, though, because she's in the know. She's in somewhat of the know about this stuff. You know, like she's not severed. That was another interesting thing that you. You got to be paying somebody this some money if they're right. But you know. then, what's her her authentic personality? Is it her one at home or is it her one at the office? Because I don't she's because it's like mean and ruthless in the office. So yeah, and then she she's, throws stuff, weaponizes office equipment, which Corey says he was a you know a victim of. But also, <laughs> I think it's interesting because in her in the office, the Mrs. Cobell character says, "My mom was an atheist." This is kind of goes into that good news, bad news about hell, I guess, but um you know hell is just a product of morbid human imagination but the bad news is whatever humans can imagine they can usually create but then when at the end of the episode one when she's mrs selvig she's like my mother was a catholic and it takes eight hours of to bless a child fully or whatever of sleep or whatever so it's like what it's so interesting that you have these selvig who are you did you see in her kitchen, she, like, when she's eating her, like, charred, burnt cookies in the kitchen, they, they do the shot on her face of her taking a bite, and, and you can see over her shoulder, there's, like, this little stitched artwork where it says, you must cut in order you to heal, or something like that. Huh, I didn't catch that one. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, I didn't. And I was like, that's dark. Yeah, this show is definitely, uh, dark at many places i mean and you know going back to what we were saying before i mean i think it's going to be fascinating if these characters do meet each other on the outside and what their interactions could be because i mean well i mean heli kind of did i I, mark you know almost when when he was in the car yeah like i i wonder like in a lot of a lot of shows you would see like um shows that just talk about like one character i wonder if we do get an episode of just about john totoro's character on the outside or of, you know, some of these other people, or is it just going to be from Mark's point of view we see on the outside, you know, because I think that- I'd like to learn more about the others, maybe not like a a standalone episode, like them giving them the whole episode, but just like little tidbits, like following one of them home. Um, I'm interested to know if they have families or or what, um, what was the thing that influenced them? What trauma. Yeah. Yeah, what caused, I I think that is the, key thing that I think a lot of people want to know 
what caused we already know adam scott's character mark went and got severed because he was having a hard time dealing with the death of his wife but why did all these other people make this decision Mm -hmm. and you know what and will they be good payoffs of why you know someone like an Ir- an Irv or a Dylan, you know, decided to go, what was so wrong or so what traumatic experience happened that they decided that this is the life they wanted to do. And like I said, why are Irv's fingernails dirty? Is he a gardener or was he burying a body? What, what, like, it's like, you know, it's Has very- it been established that the Audi knows what they're doing at Lumen? I don't think so, no. I mean, I think they just- okay. Oh, no. Well, that's the... They know they work at Lumen and they get, like, a, a sentence about, like, oh, you're in this, like, you know, the thing. But, but uh, then how do you even people. find out about at that job? How do you go through an interview process for that kind of job? Well, I do think that... I don't know if it was the... I think it's in episode two when Mark is on the date and he sees the, uh, the protesters. He basically says, you know, this is a a major thing within the whole entire town where severance is a, you know, a huge part of, you know, like half the town is and half the town isn't. So, I mean, I think that's, and I guess maybe depending on who you are and your, what, who you are on the outs as an Audi, they decide what department or whatever the hell they're actually doing there is how they pick to see, you know, what department you go to. Macro dats are clever and true. O1D is more cruelty centered. They're like sorting people at the Hogwarts house here. Okay. <laughs> this is what Dylan says uh, that he has these things about like the virtues of each position. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you necessarily apply for it. Tech, I guess, is a tech job. But Mark was a, like a professor before previously. So, yeah, like we said, yeah, I don't know which side of the Patricia Arquette like who yeah who she really is everything in the town too like a lot of the things where he lives is Baird Creek Baird is one of the form the CEOs like someone in the family um all you know all this stuff um how about like a dinner without dinner that <laughs> all this stuff is kind of funny his um his sister and brother-in-law I guess uh, she's gonna have a baby I like I mean him and his sister seem to get along and it's almost like you know poke fun at everything that you know the the brother-in-law's into all like okay like he made it's like there's all your three beds have to be here right before it's like the trauma of like this is cute yeah it's not cute that's not cute it's quirky i mean i would say that the the brother-in-law character i think is is quite funny and at first, I knew I had seen him somewhere else, and then I looked at his credits, and he was on Orange is the New Black, which, uh, from what I remember, he was quite yeah. good in that as well. Brother. Yeah, I think he, he also plays uh, the, uh, bro- uh, the brother of the, uh, the main character, the inmates. I mean, he's, uh, he's good in this, and I'm interested to see, like, the little things that are going on here with, you know, how, how they balance, you know, keeping these people from trying to find out more than, you know, than they need to know. So I think that's going to be interesting. But Mark, like, makes a joke about saying that, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to get over the trauma of mom and dad, like, swapping out my beds when I was little. I thought was really funny. But just because, right, I mean, we're trying to go through, like, three episodes here. Uh, I, I thought that was funny, the bed switching. 
Um, I think another thing, yeah, that, um, I mean, obviously, like we asked, like they give them things like saying, here's the, she, he obviously got injured. And it's just like when he comes out and he says, Audi, he's not going to, he's going to realize what the heck I have this bandaid on my head. I don't know anything about it. So it's like they leave a little note about here's what happened. Like they tell you a story and here's a gift card to Pips, Pips or whatever. Um, <laughs> I watched it. I guess it says there's like, there's a VIP area. So my husband like assumed Pips was a titty bar. <laughs> I was like, I just thought it was so funny. I was like, Pips titty bar. <laughs> like, what? He's like, oh, it's a VIP area. What, what else? What else a VIP area here? Um, <laughs> but you know when he, he that's where uh pd gets to re- run into him because i guess you know like the sister made a comment of course of course it's pips let's see what uh you know i'm trying to i'm just trying to scroll through some uh big points here that we have obviously um a lot of what happens uh with heli in with the second episode it's a lot focused on Heli before going in for her procedure. Sorry, there should be a trigger warning for Jackie Rachel about that. Uh, that I forgot to give her. Um, that was <laughs> disturbing. But, you know, you see this. She has to go in and out of the staircase. They give positive reinforcement. I, I, you know, I think they do that whole thing about, like, throw the ball around to, like, talk about yourself stuff, right? I don't know. But they're trying to explain their job, which so. Do we think like, uh, yeah, what are, what are they doing? Like part of me, like there's so much of an experiment, like, cause what they're doing seems so like nothing, like what well, we can see it and it's just moving numbers that look scary to different bins. I mean, I almost feel like they're like the product, to, but I don't know, maybe they're doing, you know, really doing something. There was some funny uh, back and forth about, you know, um, when Heli questions like, what are, what are we doing? That Dylan says, well, my theory is we're cleaning the sea so we can populate it. Because, listen, if our Audis are, are put us in here, that means there's some bad shit going on. And, you know, so what are they going to do? Where can, we, where can we go? It's like populate the sea. Yeah, so we got to clean it from, like, the eels. We can't go by those eels. So we got to put bombs where the eels are. Like, he has this whole weird thing. And she's like, that's the leading theory. Well, Irv thinks we're taking swear words out of movies. Like, what? <laughs> what? How are you? I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, and I, I know I've said this on another show that we talk about, uh, the after party. Does, does, do these type of things actually matter? I know like when you guys say when after party, it's a comedy. So like who the murder is or if they, how they get to certain things aren't as important as the comedy aspects. But for this show, does it matter what they're actually doing? Does it matter? Like, is it just the idea? It's, it's interesting that the things they're doing are meant to like elicit an emotional response, right? I don't know. It just makes it seem like, because especially how much they're monitoring them i don't know but then it's i keep going back and forth because i'm like are they actually doing something or are they just being watched but then they have to make their numbers too so it's like i don't know if that just means because they want that much information from data of what they're sorting if it really if that data matters or it's the data of them actually sorting it 
a big thing is that Helly's trying to figure out different ways to get out or to tell her Audi that she wants out, <laughs> right? Like okay, yeah. write, writing notes. Um, if there's code detectors in the elevator, you know, it's just very, it's interesting. Um, there, there's also the fact of the, everything they do for just Helly coming in, they're going to have a party for her. They're going to do this thing. We're going to take a new picture. There is this thing like, obviously, like you said, Jackie, Rachel, Mark was upset even by looking at the picture with PD in it and then takes them off the desk early. You get Irv that's a stickler for all these rules and Did and he everything. have to, to rat on him though that he had to go to the break room over that? No, he went to the break room because he because Helly ran with the note out and Mark was like, oh, I didn't tell her about the data. Like I didn't tell her she can't take the note out of here. Mm-hmm. So then he took the fall for her, which mm-hmm. was interesting. You know, it's interesting. You can see how, yeah, I, I don't know if he just wants to do a good job or what. I was wondering, like, even with that whole, like, department chief thing, did he get, like, a raise? Like, it's just funny. Like, the whole, there's no, like, you know, like, well, does any of it matter? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's one of those things where you, you're wondering, is he doing it because He's protecting himself. Or he doesn't want scrutiny on the department, or does he have some sort of feelings for her? He doesn't realize yet. I mean, you do, I, I don't know why he's protecting her, uh, or he's afraid of like losing another person. Like you know, because part of the mystery within the uh, the innies is you know what happened to Petey, and you know maybe with all this tap, stuff happening and her not wanting to cooperate, he's a he's kind of maybe subconsciously afraid that something's going to happen to another person that he's. He's not close with yet, but part of his, you know, his inner circle of people at this point. Yeah. Uh, other, you know, so other interesting things uh, in the office, though, like Irv, I guess he like dozes off and he sees this black ooze stuff. And then he like, they're like, you're not allowed to doze off. And they're going to dock his paycheck for dozing? Yeah, for the time that was missed. Oh, man. And, and like, that's when Brutal. he sees a... Uh, he goes to this wellness appointment and that's where he sees the Christopher Walken's character's name is Burt and he's with optics and design. The, the wellness session is like very like ASMR type of thing. Like, like talking, like she's saying all these facts and like, don't respond to any of them. You can't like any of them more than the others. Like, yeah, your, your Audi helped someone lift something heavy. You're, like weird stuff your Audi's a passionate lover or like I guess it's got to be like so general that you could never like put like two and two together about your like outside life you know no but there was some stuff like do we believe all that stuff about his Audi because I don't yeah, I don't either <laughs> I don't believe anything at all about the uh the people in charge of this place I mean but yeah who knows what to believe yeah yeah Mark uh, but Mark is like he you know, called out what the day and went to go see PD, this whole thing. He definitely does seem the Audi Mark, you know, seems interested in what's going on, even though he still seems to like hold strong to the fact of wanting to be severed. And I wonder, yeah, I wonder if the, I, you know, you feel like there'll be something that will make a shift in him, right? There's going to be something he realizes, um, that'll make a shift in him but he takes pd home to his house uh 
And we see Petey really struggling with this, like, I guess, reintegration sickness or whatever you want to say. He's like flipping between his innie and his outward self. He, you know. Silly question time, uh, jumping ahead. Are we sure or? There's no silly questions, Brandon. (laughs) You guys feel he definitely died at the end of episode three? I mean, Mm. if he didn't die, he's in critical condition. Like, I don't think he's coming back from this. I think I that whatever we've seen they did crazier things on reintegrate him. Some other shows they, we've covered. Because they, they do say um, during that little thing uh, with uh, Patricia Arquette and the rep for Lumen who has her on the conference call with um, yeah, Natalie. the bosses or whatever. The board. <laughs> the board. She she was like, you know, that that like they're they're guaranteeing that it's um, irreversible. So that I'm thinking that really means that you can quote unquote reverse it, but it will ultimately kill you. Hmm. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. And I don't know if he, I think like I, what I'm wondering is if they're like, now they'll be able to catch him, the, the, you know, these people, cause they've been looking for him, right? Like it's about, you know, Peter Kilmer, this message, you know, the meetings about mm-hmm. Peter Kilmer. And I think it was funny because this whole, the board thing uh it's like when it was used when mark comes into the office to for mrs cobell it's like yeah the board won't be contributing vocally like she has all this power (laughs) and then it gets flipped on her when she's with this whatever uh you know pr person natalie and it's like oh the board would like you to start and then it's just she's hearing it here yeah, the, the board is just strongly, uh, okay. And then, oh, the board ended the call already. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Salutations. Uh, oh, you want me to speak more? Okay. It's, it's very funny because it flips the power dynamic around. Mm-hmm. And uh, the board is, you know, it's so, it, that's kind of funny to me. It's like ominous. You just hear like static. <laughs> yeah, who's the board? I, I also, um, to Brandon's point, yeah. I mean, in the end of the second episode, uh, PD passes out in the bathroom. I mean, even there, you could say, okay, was he going to wait? Did he die? Did he pass out? Okay. So I do think like maybe the same thing happened at the end of episode three that he kind of just passed out, but it's going to keep getting worse, like Rachel's saying. Because then yeah, you know, it really didn't look good. When episode three starts, it, it comes back up on, you know, PD getting out of the bathroom and like just kind of explaining this whole thing, how. It's like these memories are all a mess. Everything from like being five years old to your first day at Lumen, it's all like a blur. Everything's together, right? Um, whoever whoever helped him, though, they're, you know, they say, you know, they're going to fix it. Who's this day that helped him? He said it's not anything to do with the whole mind collective. And, and we also find out that he had a daughter uh, or has a daughter. I don't know, June, June is his daughter, but we don't, we just find out that like you know you wonder did anything happen with his daughter or is she just older or what you know I don't know I also think it was interesting that PD told him like yeah I'm your best friend and you're my very good friend Looks yeah like Aww. he already he like knows like who you know does he have other friends like what I don't know when Cobell or Mrs. Selvig is like watching Mark is she does she care about Mark or does she just doing it for her job? Because there's even like where she's like, he's in the basement and she's, so she keeps watching and looking where he's doing. She's like, oh, Mark, are you all right? Like, what does she yeah. care if he's all right? Really? Good question. I don't know. I mean, she goes, she waits till he leaves. She like waits that he's leaving. Right. And like is blow drying her step. 
<laughs> and it's like, oh, just de-icing over here, you know, whatever. Um, she goes over there. We said, you know, Rick and the, the, bro- the brother-in-law had left his book there. The, the, the you, you are, <laughs> you know, so they had things like, how do you learn to be emotionally nude in front of my wife or something in there? Um, she goes, she takes the book because they have to like, like someone has to look over it for hidden messages and she goes into his house and to snoop around that's when pd gets scared he leaves and he's on the run and he was basically like wandering around for that whole episode until like we said he gets found he you know starts nosebleeds and and just it seems like he's not even making sense he's asking for tokens to buy something then i was thinking do they have tokens at yeah the they cafeteria? do have tokens they, they have yeah, tokens. You, didn't catch that. you get like three or so a day to go get a snack. Um, okay, okay. That's what I, I was like. Yeah. It must have been from, from Lumen. Yeah. Dylan gets raisins at one point. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, what, what am I going to get today? I was reminded of Squid Game, though there are obviously a lot of differences, but I'm uh, I'm just really impressed with the look of the show. It's, it's beautifully shot, the production design, uh, of course. And it's just, yeah, it's technically it's it's really well done. The instances where they're trying to disorient the the viewer, I think it's really effective. That that first sequence when you guys may have mentioned it already, when the Heli character was she wasn't trying to escape, she was trying to leave, but she's expecting to go to a stairwell, but she ends up in another hallway. There are just a lot of standout moments. Uh, like that to me and I just I think three episodes and it's it's really well done quick shout out to uh, Ben Stiller who obviously most people know for his acting work but he's had isn't isn't he famous no (laughs) (laughs) that's literally how my boyfriend thought he's like Ben Stiller he's famous right I'm like "Mm -hmm. yeah you can say that that. (laughs) yeah that's just it he's had a really he's had a great career as a director as well Uh, a, a directing career that's all over the place and his last uh feature film zoolander 2 if i'm not mistaken i don't even think ben stiller is that big a fan of it and so it's it's nice to see him rebound the way he has i between this and the showtime show he did a couple of years back which i did not see i well I, i'm really enjoying this one uh another part i enjoyed when mark gets to do his first like morning announcement like Milchek's taking pictures of him doing the announcement he's like okay <laughs> there's been some recycling in the garbage don't do that uh post-it notes are not for your face they'll clog your Audi's pores and like Dylan's like yeah that's about me I have this character sticky head or something like that. and he's like also like you know don't boast about earned waffle parties okay I'm feeling attacked <laughs> <laughs> um and then they basically said after the after that day you know, Helly had submitted the resignation request, came right back, and it was denied. And he said, this can't be right. Like, this is the quickest it's ever come back. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think it's pretty smart. Like I said, like, so she's trying to get out any way she can. She's like, so she's writing, um, like, so it's not words that it's like you put your arms together, it would make words. Very, you know, very smart, but still not going to get past the code detectors. You, you know, obviously we saw they mentioned like bad soap or whatever, <laughs> if you don't you're gonna get you know have to use the bad soap core you awake over there and what Helly's like what there's bad soap yeah um she tries to like put a note in a pen cap and swallow it but mark catches her kind of and like explains that why that won't work um so yeah she's 
I, yeah, you, like you said, I wonder how many people have tried so many ways to like escape or whatever you want to say. Even they hey, take this whole field trip to the perpetuity wing because Ir- Irv is like the most like he's into the company, right? Like he's like mm-hmm. he needs to find a deeper meaning and everything. They, where like Dylan's like, yeah, let's play uh, bingo with <laughs> with all this stuff. But we see like the whole Egan lineage, eight CEOs. Uh, um, but you know when I the other part that's funny is they have this run in with O and D optics and design. And Dylan had Dylan I almost seems like a conspiracy theorist with this whole like we have to populate the sea and everything. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, th- it was uh like you know, or what do you believe this is egg drop challenge they're doing? Yeah, they're just a two-person department because they got O and D got tried to get have a violent coup on the other departments, and that's why they got reduced down to two, and they keep us he's far so, apart. He's so I love him. That is an absolute fiction. Uh, and I like Helly like plays right into it. Like I said, if they come back, we kill Mark, and then they won't like they're not gonna fuck with us. I gotta wear his face on my face, um, you know. So I don't know. She's. You know, maybe she's coming. You think maybe she's coming around to it, right? But, uh, you know, no, because as soon as she gets a second, you know, they go through this whole thing, all these CEOs and everything. Um, for you know, you see the pip and the beard and whatever, um, a mouth wall <laughs> of all these smiles. Um, and I like when she was like, uh, saw like oh you know this girl one of the CEOs said she was going to be the first uh, woman CEO at seven years old it's like well it almost makes me want to remember my childhood you know like kind of jamming <laughs> in there um, but when Irv and Mark get in an argument about the bingo she runs off I mean any opportunity still at this point she's right. just I mean this was her most successful attempt yeah now she broke the a window to the door and put a note out there and tried to get like her Audi to read it right mm-hmm. now though I think um the alarms go off right away right and then she's got to go to the break room where we learn and I think it's interesting because okay so this break room then we see that they have them read this whole statement and they're hooked up almost to like a lie detector type of thing so that you have to read it where like you actually believe it that you want forgiveness and you're glad you got caught and everything now pd had like a tape of this i don't how how did he get this is someone on the inside working with him oh absolutely right and i also wonder like when harmony uh is you know patricia arquette's character harmony cobell gets like the meeting with natalie she's like oh is this about helena and like no peter kilmer who's helena what's happening with that more questions than answers (laughs) I mean, I know that Christopher Walken isn't peak Christopher Walken when he was one of the biggest actors in Hollywood. But when you have someone like that in the show, Elite makes me think that he's the guy who was uh, helping Petey. But maybe it's, you know, a different character we haven't met yet. But Mm. you have that big of a name in that type. Yeah, you like to do that. There's something up like why? Like, it's very suspicious. I mean, he is all over the place. What is like optics and design then he makes it like they hand out the pamphlets they put the paintings where they go they do you know yeah it was that run-in with them was so weird <laughs> right yeah so huh so you yeah i mean yeah it was 
it was really weird and I thought that like they could have just kept walking or done a and I actually felt like Irv made it the most weird because he kind of like looked like he he hesitated. But it was funny because when you see again they met in the at the wellness meeting and they were all getting along swimmingly exactly I think which he is was... why he didn't have to make it so weird yeah I don't know maybe he was worried about people finding out about his wellness meeting but I mean they know he went so but yeah the you know we see like Petey's uh, cell phone is still at Mark's place and when Mark kind of like clears up the basement after he sees you know Petey pass out there um and be taken into police custody or whatever the ambulance we don't know what happens to Petey um but his phone is ringing so who do, who's on the phone dun 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 <laughs> Well, you guys I feel mentioned like the awkwardness be- between the two. I could have sworn when I was watching the previous. Well, spoiler alert! Spoiler! Spoiler <laughs> alert! I could have sworn when I was watching the preview for this show that I saw the Irv character and forgive me, what's Christopher Walken's character's name? Bert. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw them uh, kissing in a shot, and there does seem to be some. They, they seem to. I don't know the mm-hmm. when I watched the, the the initial meeting between those two characters. They having seen that, or at least that's I first one I did. Uh, it seems like they like each other in that way. So yeah, that, that, that second run in right because the second run in was in front of people because it was because you know, that's what right. I was saying. He was fine with him when they were alone, but then in front of people, yeah, maybe he was a little, like you know a little nervous. But yeah. Corey, what were you going to say? That could be fascinating not knowing you have a relationship with someone on the inside or the outside. Yes. But the idea that you separate home life from work life, something that like, if you like somebody at your, at your job, but you have an outside relationship, you wouldn't go and hopefully you wouldn't want to sabotage that. But Mm -hmm. But obviously that happens all the time or, and especially in TV shows. Right. But you know, it gives you the idea of the fact that you might like if in real life, if, you know, Mark is on the outside and unfortunately, you know, hopefully, you know, his wife had died, but he met Hella, uh, Helly in this new job and they had, you know, feelings for each other. Mark most likely wouldn't go, mostly wouldn't go and react on him due to the fact that they're, he doesn't know what his outside life is. There's no guilt or anything about, you know, being in a relationship with somebody there. Yeah. Very true. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know how much like work they're supposed to be doing versus how much. Time. I mean, it does seem like they have all these little like, you know, debates with you. They have time. They have downtime, right, to be talking to one another. So it's not all just like work, work, work. Um, but yeah, I don't know how much. Uh, in um, you, you could insert here. Work, 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 work. The Rihanna song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know any any other thoughts about the show what other big uh, mysteries uh do we want to either find out about or do we have theories about I mean, I think the big thing is what are they actually what are they actually doing there, and why why this whole entire concept of severance came into effect. I think those are the things that are going to be. Interesting. Of course, you know, seeing how Mark goes and continues 
to decide, you know, if he wants to know the truth or if it's a better to just be what it is. I think those are some interesting ideas. And, you know, what, what uh, Heli, you know, if she decides that over time, she, you know, she buys in, you know, I think those are the, those are the key things I think we should be looking out for. I'm leaning toward what you said. And yeah, I think it's or, less about, I think it's less about what they are doing as opposed to. Well, he said what they're like, you know, he, well, he even experiment. means like what they're doing there, not like what they're actually doing, but why are they there? Uh -huh. Like what, or right. I don't know. Yeah. Like there's, a, I mean, why are they spying on them? What are, you know, like the company, the main purpose of the company, I think is probably something yeah. that's interesting. Definitely. And, and I guess a lot more if their innies and outies are going to, things are going to start merging. Because yeah, you think like something like this, like, you know, the thing people are worried about is this being a slippery slope, right? To some sort of control, like people have, like you're letting someone put something in your brain. I mean, and is this was where we bring up chipping <laughs> kids and stuff. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, I, you know, there is, uh, uh, a, you know, definitely a question of that. Um, this is the serious version of office space. That's what I've come to understand. You mean, could you imagine Ron Livingston playing the uh, Adam Scott character? Yeah. Yeah. I could actually. Yeah. <laughs> Another good actor. Watch that show Search Party, Corey. It's good. It's more of a dramatic role for him. Mm. So when uh, we'll call her Mrs. Selvig at this time comes over to Mark's house, like uh, I guess with these cookies or something, whatever they're supposed to be. Uh, and she's talking to him about like, yeah, my husband, he like he was going to go to heaven and build this house for us. So be waiting for me. And he was going to build a guest house if I met someone here. Was she hitting on him? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that when I first watched. But if I watch if, when I watch again, I guess maybe I don't. I don't know. Like, is he supposed to think she's hitting on him? And like, cause he kind of was just like, wow, that's nice. Okay. I hope you don't mean the guest house is for me, but <laughs> does anyone remember? Maybe that? I did. I, I, I picked up on that. Maybe one thing I like about this show is that with all the insanity going on, uh, a lot of moments I like are the more, some of the more subtle ones. Like we, yeah. When we were talking about the potential relationship between, uh, uh, Irvin Burt, yeah, it seems like something might be going on there. And then, when we, I, Jacqueline, I think you mentioned the shift that happens when the characters, and I guess it's mostly the Mark character, gets on the elevator. And it's just, like, I don't even know what they're doing exactly, but it's it's very well done. It's really cool. That again, it's it's very subtle, but uh, Adam, Adam Scott is doing something. His 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 performance is really good. It really seems like something's happening. And then when you Look in the background, if I'm not mistaken, the wall seems to be shifting or, or something. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, like, why did Mark have to, like, he had this whole checklist in the morning of, like, he had to fill up the soap, he had to vacuum, he had to, like, his jobs was, like, I was like, wow. They got him to dusting, right? Like, everything. That's what department chief, uh, you know. I mean, that's why it makes me think, like, I don't know, like, they're, like, the product or something. Interesting. Right, well, just consider something like this in your whole life is that world like who was it that said it to me it, it makes absolute sense for 
um, Dylan's character to be excited about waffle parties or whatever else because well, who wouldn't? What else does he have? I I hope <laughs> it's like you know like the waffle like uh, actual like they don't just bring you like the waffles that already have been sat out and got soggy. You need to get the waffle iron out, flip that thing over. Uh, I also think uh, another thing we didn't bring up was PD had said that he think there's a whole department that like they never leave. Yeah, so that's, that's freaky mysterious. to think about. Like who has signed up for that? Can they get people? Also, like what do we think the problem is with dozing? Is it because it's something with memories or your dreams? Like will that mess up? You like if you sleep at work, it, it'll mess up like the balance between the two. Because what do you dream about? But when you're home and you go to sleep, you won't have work memories in your dreams. Because dreams are weird, right? Dreams are like dreams are like what Petey's experiencing with reintegration sickness. You'll see people in places that they never would be in your real life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was, it, it was like that, um, I don't know if it seemed like blood or slime or something. Like, yeah, black, like black oozing, like yeah. stuff, yeah. But, but I'm saying like we were seeing that, but I, I wonder if there's some issue with or would it do something to your brain that sleeping during when the work memory is turned on or something? It must, I guess. I don't know. But it also didn't seem like he was sleeping, like right. he was daydreaming. Like, are we not seeing what was really happening? Was he sleeping? I don't I mean, these are all the, you know, lots of Maybe questions. He, he's getting older and they don't know. Hmm what happens with like the effects of aging on severance you know your brain changes as you get older and they may not have accounted for that there because are, he's like... he's on the older side i mean mm-hmm. out of out of uh, like the other employees at least yeah there are I, I you know i think it's funny he's like i it's not my fault i got hired older than you <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah uh, you know a lot of great stuff with the show. Obviously, it was hard to get like three episodes in here. Definitely stuff we didn't talk about, and uh, other, you know, you know, more that was in the episodes. But any uh, big points anyone wants to bring up, you can always email us. You don't know Jackie Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on social media. You don't know Jackie or Jackie Podcast on Twitter. If you want to support the show, you can do that. Patreon.com slash you don't know Jackie with one dollar and two dollars here. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to our patrons, James L, Rona J, John M, Cassie M, Marie M, Anastasia M, Amy R, Kelly O, Brenda G. Uh, thank you so much for supporting. Uh, no, you know, secondary thanks to James L for, um, you know, also talking about this show. I know uh, he thought it was really a fresh and inventive type of show and did bring up the connection to Black Mirror uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm interested what anybody has to say about Severance. But thanks for listening. And thank you, Corey, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Brandon, for joining me. Hope you enjoyed the epi. Bye. Bye. Did I ever send you guys The Raven by Christopher Walken? It's like he does a rendition or just like a reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. I I, t- I feel like I totally sent that to you guys. I don't know. It seems like it, I can hear it in my head and saying it, um, but I don't, you know, it seems. Oh, because I was going to ask if you've seen his rendition of uh, Goodnight Moon, but I, that may have just been on The Simpsons. I used to like listen to this to help me fall asleep. It's so good. But you listen to The Raven by well, his reading of The Raven? Yeah. 
you guys should listen to it. It's really good. Maybe tonight, Jackie, you could play it for your kids. And forget this lost Lenore, both the raven. Nevermore. Prophet said, I think the evil prophet still a bird or devil. With a tempest sent, or with a tempest tossed, he here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted. On this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me. Tell me, I implore, both the raven, nevermore.